Welcome back to At a Crossroads. In this podcast, we have with us Anga Bhave, who specializes in counseling psychology and cognitive behavior. In short, Vaid Dimaki Doctor. She did her master's in counseling psychology from Columbia University and has more than 4 years of experience. In this podcast, we have tried to discuss every issue that we as young adults face like peer pressure, feeling of inadequacy, social media or apna gaming ka addiction. ये पॉडकास्ट रिकॉर्ड करते वक्त हम इतना इंगेज्ड हो गए थे उसमें कि हमें पता ही नहीं चला कि कब दो घंटे हो गए सो वी थॉट ऑफ रिलीजिंग दिस पॉडकास्ट इन टू सेपरेट सेशंस। दिस इज नॉट अपना रेगुलर मेंटल हेल्थ वाला सेशन जिसमें बस प्रवचन चल रहा है अनगा हैज ट्राइड टू एक्सप्लेन द साइंस बिहाइंड प्रॉब्लम एंड ऑल्सो हैज गिवन अस वेरी इफेक्टिव एग्जीक्यूटेबल सोल्यूशन टू दैम दिस इज जस्ट अ थेरेपी सेशन विदाउट एनी कॉस्ट सो प्लग इन योर हेडफोन्स सेट बैक एंड एन्जॉय द पॉडकास्ट So starting with my first question a very simple question but a very important one uh in today's mm-hmm. times depression is something or being depressed is very habitually used you know it is often considered yeah. similar to being sad matlab there is usually people who are sad say that they are depressed but uh, how does one know if he is depressed or he is just being sad what is the difference between the two yeah that's a good question because sadness is very often uh even when we're talking uh as if friends se baat karte karte if we are feeling sad also very often some of us will say are yaar i'm feeling very depressed exactly yeah but actually depression and sadness are very different uh sadness is of course one of the symptoms of clinical depression so it is a natural emotion that all of us experience and it is most often caused by you know fairly valid reasons it usually goes away on its own but cl- depression is a clinical illness and that can even take place in the absence of any particular reason or triggering situations because there are a lot of uh, reasons why depression can take place it can be ki aapka brain ka biochemistry uh, is a bit problematic the things the chemicals which should be high are not being produced enough it could be genetics if you have somebody in your family who's experienced depression then you're likely to get it and of course there is situational depression also but then the, there are these other reasons as well so depression generally will go by different names like clinical depression or major depressive disorder or even major depression but also there are many other symptoms that constitute the clinical illness called depression apart from sadness and those uh, other symptoms can be things like low motivation lack of interest in activities that you earlier used to find very pleasurable uh concentrate karne mein difficulty and even physical changes like changes in your sleep and appetite and unfortunately in some cases also suicidal thoughts so in the case of sadness we're usually able to bounce back it usually goes away on its own and it's usually caused by a particular reason we see that that's not the case with depression in, de- in depression the person's quality of life is also severely affected and it can also cause impairments in your relationships like your romantic relationships family relationships etc so i would say these are the major differences between the two okay matlab conclude kiya jaye to it is like sadness is a symptom of depression it is not depression in short yes, absolutely okay. it's one yeah. symptom of depression yeah some people sadly even in today's times perceive mental health as a new conversation about depression and anxiety 
and then there is this other group who think about it as a slightly fluffed up idea of self care so although social media has started addressing so many of these things there obviously is a lot of narrative and confusion out there uh, the phrase uh, get professional help is often thrown around but i would really want to know what does it essentially mean and how do you even know that you now need to get some professional help i would also uh, want to know what is the basic difference between a psychologist a counselor a therapist and a psychiatrist okay so basically yes i think in a lot of cases the term psychologist and psychiatrist is very often like used interchangeably uh but even though they work both in the field of mental health all four of them work in the field of mental health their roles are actually quite distinct especially the roles of a psychologist counselor therapist versus a psychiatrist are very distinct uh, both in terms of roles and meanings so a psychiatrist is a person with an mbbs degree so wo doctor hote hain and they also have a masters degree after that either they will have an md or a diploma that is a dpm in psychiatry you confuse ki matlab psychiatrist or psychologist logo ko same lagta hai uh, which i guess right. is very very wrong a psychologist yes. as you mentioned is someone who will not prescribe you medicines uh psychiatrist yes. is someone who will usually prescribe you medicines prescribe right yeah. so psychologist main role is to either conduct psychometric testing so uh you know personality tests iq tests etc and mainly also for counseling psychologists their primary job role is to do therapy or counseling so that's like the one is prescribing pres- prescribing medication the other is doing testing and therapy and also uh, the other part of my question so when people say get professional help what essentially yeah. does it actually mean and how do you know that now you need to get some help so essentially professional help would mean going to a psychiatrist going to a psychologist and i'll address more the second part of your question which is when should one seek a professional out um like you must have heard in my previous response depression may we say when the quality of life is getting affected that's when you probably come under the category of clinical depression so similarly a simple metric is when the problem is starting to affect your quality of life when it's starting to take over maybe or impede other areas of your life like your relationships your work your productivity then it probably indicates that you know now this problem is something that you're not being able to independently tackle aapko khud se shayad nahi ho raha hai cope up karna so that is when you should see a professional so i was once reading an article about people in depression what usually uh, people believe is like uh, like the first question was that all people who are depressed are supposed to be sad and like there's this image which has been created that a person who is depressed is sad either sad or is angry either of these two but then the article which i read it alluded that depression can also be an invisible illness so to what extent is this true and what are some of the other ways depression can manifest other than being sad or angry and that's absolutely correct and i really like that you know you guys recognize that depression is often represented as sadness any time i have to give a talk and i'm making a ppt i will see agar main depression search karti hu google mein and i look at images it will always be somebody looking very gloomy their body language is very drooped and their posture is very you know uh sort of hunching 
so it is often portrayed and that's why it is synonymously used with sadness but uh, depression one of the major symptoms of depression is also excessive guilt and shame so you know feeling guilty uh, for things which are which aren't really uh, you know ideally supposed to induce or produce guilt another way it can manifest is also when a person becomes really withdrawn or isolated so you may see like there's almost like a you know to a to a third person it may seem like a personality change where an extrovert is now suddenly being really lonely or introverted and very withdrawn so this is important though and i have to say this that sometimes there can be no overt emotional expression or no sort of clear cut indication that this person is depressed because what they are experiencing could also just be like a chronic dullness or a chronic sadness and a chronic loss of pleasure and interest so it may not be something that we see bahar se but that is something that they are experiencing on the inside and i think that's why it's really important to not dismiss or challenge somebody when they say that they are depressed right because they don't fit into that idea of what we have grown up thinking is depression they look different and that's why people will often say you know what do you have to be depressed about so that means that they are alluding to the fact that if uh, you know depression hai so it has to be triggered by a situational factor or sometimes people will say how can you be depressed you just went out with your friends and you were partying you know indicating against that again that depression means you must be withdrawn or isolated so we have to remember that not everybody's depression will look exactly the same way this is like a yeah, very, very yeah very important point because aisa kafi hota hai ki you know i am not in a very good phase but mai like i am happy but there is something which yeah. keeps bothering me and people are like tu to itne acche mood mein to bhi tu kyu aisa bol raha hai ki tu सैड है मतलब दैट बींग सेट दे डोंट नो कि बहुत अलग भी चीजें हैं जो हो रही है इन समवन्स लाइफ नाउ यू आर स्पीकिंग अबाउट जनरलाइजिंग द नोशन एब्सोल्युटली या नाउ दैट वी वर स्पीकिंग अबाउट द एंटायर आइसोलेशन व्हिच व्हिच इज कनेक्टेड टू डिप्रेशन हमारा कॉलेज इज ऑन अ लॉकडाउन पास्ट 9 और 10 मंथ्स नाउ and because everything has been online uh, the number of evaluations have been ramped up like usually there used to be 60 30 evaluations right now there are 60 evaluations and because of this overwhelming number of evaluations now many students had given up over scoring they had lost interest in studying and this is not just happening during the online evaluations ye mere sath personally bhi aisa hua hai ki ab mere mujhe padhne ka hi man nahi hai i don't want to score i don't want to study i'm not finding a subject interesting how do you improve your morale in these circumstances and avoid giving up yeah um i would definitely say this is in the lockdown this is probably one of the most common difficulties that i have come across as a therapist matlab this is the most common problem that is coming my way uh, that my clients are presenting so i would first say you know all of you uh, especially students who've sort of been navigating this for the last year you need to pat yourselves on the back for making it through this year whether you passed with flying colors whether you just passed or you even failed and i know this is something that we are not used to it might even seem strange ki why is she saying you know that have kindness for yourself or be nice to yourself when you failed uh, but that's honestly because we need to extend that support bullo ya compassion towards ourselves and towards even our peers for making it through the current circumstances i think it goes without saying and very different for different people but we've all had a different kind of a rough year and the focus of this year for so many of us has just been on surviving and not thriving so this year has 
brought to attention a lot of our very sort of hidden or latent fears or anxieties with regards to health relationship academics uncertainty and so if at a time like this you criticize yourself for scoring badly then you're not going to make matters better for yourself right i think the second thing also is to remember that although this has been a very long year in terms of you know all the different things that went down and having no knowledge of when this will end i think even now we're not really sure when this is going to end we have to remember that it is still temporary in the grand scheme of things and why i say that is because as we are going through a very difficult period sometimes we lose that you know sort of foresight bolo ya fir long distance thinking which helps us realize that it is one year yes one year is a long period of time but out of all the years hopefully that we're going to live one year is still temporary and when we focus on the temporary nature of such calamities we're able to feel some hope and we're able to maintain some confidence in our abilities again right and i think the third is also just remembering that sometimes these kind of situations are the best reminders of what is within our control right so in the background of our ac- academics for example the only thing jo hum control kar sakte hain is our effort and it's our hard work we can't predict when the pandemic will end uh, we can't predict when we will or we won't fall sick if we will fall sick but what we can control is our systematic and consistent ability to maintain our both emotional and physical health and well-being so this year i think you know you can sort of maybe boost your morale by reminding yourself that the only thing within my control is whether it's effort in terms of academics or self care in terms of emotional and physical health genuinely speaking this has already started a a feeling of therapy in me ki i have started <laughs> getting answers of all the questions that i had till now now would, i would like to ask i would like to ask another personal question of mine uh Yeah. you know because engineering is very relative like medicine it is aap bhi like everyone knows ki medicine mein aap agar score karte ho your past everything is done good and happy engineering everything is relative your your grades depend on what your fellow students score and because of everything being relative there is a sense of comparison that sets in and that is not jealousy i'm not telling it it in a very negative way it is just a sense of comparison that sets in we have our placement starting we see our friends getting placed and you you start to overthink about it you start you it leads to doubting yourself it shakes your confidence and you slowly start from being a optimistic guy to a pessimistic guy my primary question is and i know everyone will give solutions but the solution that you give or the advice that you give will be a lot different than sab kya bol yaar chill kar le yaar ho jayega that is something which mm-hmm. i don't want people to tell me how do you cope in these situations when you really feel pressured and probably unimportant yeah i think uh, you know matlab the situation that you described having people get placed or uh, getting good packages and let's say you know you haven't received a placement or a good package yet it's a very valid situation that is bound to create thoda sa self doubt i do think that i think uh, we can't expect ourselves to be superhumans that when everybody around us is moving on that we should somehow become a sadhu and say this doesn't affect me of course it's going to affect us right but yeah. while we accept and normalize the fact that it affects us we also have to remember that comparisons are generally the beginning of low self confidence and low self esteem and why is that because you know when you compare yourself to people around you whether it's your peers or whether i i know people when i'm doing therapy sometimes people will even compare themselves to people who have 20 30 years of more experience than them 
you will always have somebody doing better than in life very true like i, I i'm i'm sitting you know talking to all you people who who are obviously great at what you do which is why you've gotten into an amazing college so surely you know that it is statistically impossible for all of us to be above average <laughs> we yeah. have to fall under average when it comes to certain things and so asking yourself you know um is comparing myself to my peers creating more hard work for me in the long run in the long term because in the short term i think it may allow you to perform better you know you said not jealousy but sometimes even jealousy helps us perform better or even being angry yeah. at your rival very true yeah. like if i see my if i see my friend getting placed i will put in extra effort to you know make myself capable enough to get placed exactly. that is something which right. happens yeah absolutely right and so it happens i mean if i if i'm on instagram and i'm looking at a fitness expert or whatever i may feel inspired and i feel motivated to work out so comparisons are not always negative but do they help in the long term is the question because i don't think it's a very constructive strategy in the long term what really helps in the long term is uh, or rather what really happens in the long term with comparisons is that it can trigger guilt and disappointment in yourself and in turn sort of this chronic unhappiness so now i will also say this you know uh we we'll talk about challenging some of these thoughts also that might come up for us when we look at other people and we see them doing better you know ask yourself if your friends are getting placed before you does that guarantee lifelong job security and satisfaction for them and not for you no absolutely not absolutely not right yeah. um it, it doesn't guarantee happiness it doesn't guarantee job satisfaction it guarantees none of those it doesn't even guarantee the trajectory of a successful career who gets placed when and who gets placed where even so basically what i just did was i sort of gently challenged these negative narratives which you have started to maybe create about you know yourself or you've started creating about your future and sometimes we also look at these situations and we blow out of proportion the outcome in psychology we call it catastrophizing your outcome so it can sound like agar mera abhi placement nahi hua to mera kabhi placement nahi hoga ha exactly ha <laughs> so when we when we look at when we zoom out and we look at this and i will definitely suggest this strategy when you notice that there are these disturbing thoughts coming up for you don't just try to you know uh like you said ki think ki i shouldn't feel like this and all of that except that you're feeling like that and then also ask yourself if my best friend or a good friend of mine had asked me this question main unko kya solution deta ya deti because when it comes to other people we are usually able to think rationally <laughs> when it comes to ourselves we tend to think more emotionally right so when we do that we are able to zoom out of our position and we are able to look at the situation a little more logically also uh, our previous generation actually did not have to deal with social media influencing our mental well-being right so with platforms like instagram and snapchat getting increasingly shallow and materialistic a study showed that people had reduced self esteem and were more unhappy with the way they looked after chronic instagram use uh, like using instagram for a very long time generally leads to again comparison which is generally yeah. not bad i mean generally not good sorry <laughs> so what is your take on platforms like these and their appropriate use yes i i agree i think social media has become a monster that is becoming very difficult to tame 
so i think let's i'll quickly talk about why it's addictive um so biochemistry wise what happens is when we use social media so the positive feedback that we are getting which is could be in the forms of likes could be in the forms of comments our brain is actually firing off this chemical called dopamine now this chemical dopamine it gives our body a natural sort of an internal reward or pleasure which reinforces that we should continually be engagement in that activity so it's almost like dopamine is saying to our body this feels great you should keep doing this and that is the message that our brain is getting exactly and that obviously prompts us to post more pictures post us you know post more and more aspects of our lives because we are getting that kind of reward and reinforcement in the form of likes and comments now another study that was actually done in this where they used mri to monitor the brain activity of uh, adolescents browsing instagram they found that when the uh, adolescent was viewing photos with many likes there was greater activity in certain neural regions of the brain which was engaged in reward processing social cognition imitation and even attention which is basically what we also see getting activated when you're playing when you're doing gambling or when you're engaging in drugs you know um, that reward system is basically working in a similar capacity as what it would be like in terms of gambling and drugs so that's how much our sort of pleasure seeking center of the brain is active when we're on social media and i think secondly it's also really important to manage our individual social media consumption because there's a whole lot of reasons but mainly also because of we were just talking about comparison so mujhe yaad aaya ki it does create like you also said tanisha it creates uh, unhealthy comparisons and it absolutely has the power to make us feel very inadequate about ourselves if i am constantly bombarded as a young female if i am constantly bombarded with images of these you know airbrushed photoshopped models with perfect bodies and perfect skin and all of that obviously i'm going to feel like you know something's wrong with me for not looking like that and we also know now when you know uh, neurological research tells us that when somebody chronically feels inadequate and they they probably develop low self esteem because of that it can actually release more stress hormones these stress hormones are called cortisol another point mm-hmm. while i was i was reading about uh, the entire social media addiction is uh, please tell mm-hmm. me if i am what i am saying is right or not uh, mm-hmm. he instagram releases that dopamine thing and it is a natural high yeah. that you get but with right. instagram the the firing is a way lot more as compared to when you study because okay. of that what happens is yeah. when you use that much of instagram your attention span of studying decreases because that much of dopamine is not released and because of which you you tend to start losing interest in studies is that so i would say uh, i mean yes i i don't think dopamine gets released really when you're studying because it is a boring task for the most part <laughs> dopamine is generally released when you're doing something that's you know uh, exciting like online shopping or instagram or any of these things and okay. so yeah that i would definitely say that that similar levels of dopamine are definitely not not released when you are studying so when you are getting used to that feeling of pleasure on a sort of continuous basis as opposed to studying which again is delayed gratification right aap aaj padhte ho aap 5 saal ke liye padhte ho tab uska reward aapko milta hai as opposed to instagram ki maine abhi photo dala to mujhe abhi likes dikhte hain so that patience so to speak or that ability to wait for the reward to come that is getting compromised yeah i would like to raise a scenario like which happens with me very frequently in real 
so something gets me down and i am feeling sad so what i uh, try to do at that moment is just pick up my phone scroll uh, through my instagram feed and that is basically just to distract myself from the sadness now once i am done scrolling mindlessly for about an hour or so i finally reluctantly keep my phone aside and uh, just start studying like i try to but then again those feelings just uh, you know crawl back and i end up picking up my phone and then it is just a vicious cycle it is very difficult for me to you know uh, keep my phone aside or uh, get off the social media platform and do what i should actually do so now that i'm stuck in this sad and unproductive cycle of turning to external entities to sort an internal problem how do i stop this and like deal with this you know internally maybe yeah absolutely and i think what you just described is our very classic nature to turn away versus turning towards difficult emotions right and again like social media is in your case like the example that you just gave me it's of course with regards to uh some pressure that you're trying to maybe avoid or the sadness that you're trying to avoid for a lot of us it's just boredom that we're trying to avoid so a lot of these things we're constantly just trying to avoid and of course it is a natural reaction it has an evolutionary reason for it we can't turn towards sadness because that would make us physically incapable of protecting ourselves and that would compromise our survival chances so it is a natural reaction but clearly now we know that these external remedies like scrolling for 15 minutes is also not helping in actually dealing with the core issue that you just described so there is a form of therapy that actually works exactly on this principle it's called acceptance and commitment therapy and just the basic premise of that therapy is to embrace rather than to escape negative and difficult emotions for the very reason that we try to escape from them time and again but when we actually turn towards them we realize that we can deal with them right and also to answer your question i think in those moments when you find you know or you're finding it tempting to turn to a superficial remedy instead i would say try investigating what is actually making you sad right by often very hesitant to do that because humko lagta hai can of worms khul jayega if i start thinking about my problems but no and of course sometimes i would say you should ideally do this in therapy so that you have a guide to do it with but even if you are alone one thing that you can do is just by starting to label that emotion okay by labeling that emotion you can you know just say what am i feeling right now okay i'm feeling sad or i'm feeling angry or i'm feeling irritated and you can even ask yourself where it is manifesting in your body so you can say okay it's showing up in the form of a headache or my heart uh, heart palpitations are increasing or my fingers are trembling right and then you can try to very non judgmentally and gently try to ask yourself what is the thought behind the sadness what is it that is actually causing the sadness maybe we'll go back to our example of placements so maybe it is the thought that everybody around me is getting placed and i haven't yet gotten placed and i'm feeling very anxious about that right now if it is a natural worry like this one like you said tanisha be kind to yourself accept it and you if you feel that anxiety or that sadness is increasing you can start doing some relaxation exercises like deep breathing deep breathing i know sounds like a very simple thing but it's beautiful the more uh, sort of you practice deep breathing or the longer or the deeper breath you take the more oxygen is getting pumped into your system and that is activating your parasympathetic nervous system So deep breathing is actually a great natural mechanism to lower your heart rate and to sort of bring your body back into a calm state of mind right 
and if you notice that the thought is actually maybe a little irrational then you can try to challenge it like i had tried to challenge it in the previous uh, example where i you know asked if if you're not placed yet does that mean that you'll never get placed no so you just have to be patient you just have to be calm so this is one technique i think that can really help us deal with the emotions in a very healthy manner in that moment then i think another strategy that i would definitely suggest if especially if you notice that it is more like stress and worry type ke thoughts bar bar aa rahe hain so this technique is called scheduling a worrying time which basically says that you schedule some fixed amount of time every time on every day only to worry so for example mera din ka 4 baje se 4:30 baje ka time is fixed only to worry and why we do this is because two things one it helps us compartmentalize so in that moment if i find myself worrying and i'm supposed to be studying i can talk to myself and i can say anaga calm down just worry about this at 4:15 which is your scheduled worrying time right and the second thing that it also does is when i actually at 4:15 sit down to worry i will notice ki jo main subah soch rahi thi ab wo mujhe yaad bhi nahi hai because it's probably a very trivial issue to begin with right so i think these two strategies generally are very healthy and effective in dealing with worries or any kind of a difficult emotion but like i said earlier the point is that if this emotion is chronic if it's something that you're unable to tackle independently and it's actually starting to affect your quality of life or your productivity it might be important to speak to a mental you know, another personal question that i wanted to ask you is about a personal habit which i have and i i'm pretty sure every every student or every teenager has that uh, addiction and it is about binge watching you know even when i used to talk to my friends everyone is behind screens and everyone is just binge watching shows mirzapur to just released a few weeks back everyone binge watched that show it is a 500 minute episode like it is a 500 minute series and everyone is is legit con- complete completing the entire series in a go and i often relate yeah i was reading to article which relates that binge watching often shows your feeling of loneliness so what according to you is binge watching a big problem and how does one escape from the binge watching ka vicious cycle yeah i think binge watching is um it's such a it's a new age problem um we definitely didn't experience this you know before the era of netflix and everything so it's a very new problem but of course research has already sort of started in this and the same mechanism the dopamine mechanism that i just previously explained explained with regards to social media wo yahan pe bhi apply karta hai uh with uh, your favorite show uh, that you're watching something very pleasurable uh your brain is continuously product- producing dopamine and it is giving you a drug like high like i mentioned previously so you're almost experiencing like a pseudo addiction to the show uh because now you're developing those cravings for dopamine again um so our it's it, when you are consuming drugs or when you are binge watching your body is getting pleasure so it's not really discriminating between what kind of pleasure it's just going to want more and more of the same activity that is basically giving you that high or that pleasure right but yeah. also it's been found that when you are watching a tv program the area of your brains that are activated are actually the same as when you are watching a live event so we get so caught up in that story or that plot or those characters we get so attached to them that you truly start caring about the outcomes that you know which are maybe conflicts or friendships or whatever that you're seeing on tv and that's why of course personally you start getting invested in it 
now psychologically speaking there's also a phenomena called identification which can take place when we see a character in a show that we see ourselves in so if it's a show about a young indian girl like when i was in the us living in the us managing whatever grad school and stuff like that i would probably be be more drawn to that show because i can identify with the main character or one of the characters and actually i was reading an article which said that if any of you all have watched modern family this is probably one of the reasons why modern family was so popular as a show because it had so many different characters yeah yeah also exactly. friends friends is something which everyone related to like everyone was attached to yep. one or the other character absolutely so these shows where you see like diverse characters or you see characters that you identify with you're more drawn to now there's also a concept called wishful identification where the plots or the characters are showing a life that people wish that they had so for example like for a young girl maybe gossip girl would be really exciting right it's all about like these really fashionable young girls living in new york etc or for somebody who wants to be a model america's next top model would be really interesting for that reason because you are wishfully identifying with those characters and also then and of there is a philosophy or a phenomena of perceived similarity so for example i may be drawn to a show with strong female leads because either it is aspirational for me or because i see myself being a strong female lead in my professional setup so these are sort of the psychological aspects of it of why binge watching even takes place and of course you know you just mentioned mirzapur ab sab mirzapur dekh rahe hai to hum kaise nahi dekh sakte so that is that element of social credit right i'm watching something jo game of thrones sab dekh rahe hai to i have something to talk about with my friends and my peers and that makes me feel like i belong to that group which helps my social relationships yeah that so, happens a lot matlab ki everyone is speaking about got and when you are silent and you are asked ki got dekhte hain exactly. and you are like nahi main yeah <laughs> they're shocked <laughs> ki kaise nahi dekha abhi tak main got nahi dekha kya baat kar rahe hai this is this is exactly. like this happens yeah this is conformity and so yeah. i think now just to sort of answer you know uh, the second part of the question that is how can we try to stop or how can we try to manage um i think first of all let's remember the consequences of binge watching uh, like i was saying dopamine is getting released all the time so naturally when the show ends and suddenly that dopamine supply is cut off we almost kind of sometimes go into this situational depression right and why i'm calling it situational because it is caused by a very identifiable concrete event and our yeah. brain stimulation is lower so that is what leaves us feeling sort of gloomy or sad or even hopeless some people will even describe that feeling as hopeless ki there is nothing to look forward to now everything is gray um there was also a study that was done where they found that i think almost 140 150 participants out of 400 participants that took place in that study took part in that study uh, and who said that they were binge watchers reported higher levels of stress anxiety and depression than those who were not binge watchers so this is important because this reminds us that we have to examine our habits of binge watching and i think how we can honestly stop it or reduce it is genuinely to try a to connect more with human beings we are social animals so we do actually need human connections to survive and to thrive um so trying to prioritize face to abhi abhi ke scenario ko chhod ke because right now obviously it's hard to see people face to face but even if you can't see people face to face trying to make sure that you get some time with your friends online or you try to get some 
time with your family online that is one thing that you can do and the second thing is to genuinely not create so much so many time pockets in the day where you have the liberty to binge watch so you know trying to keep engagements every one hour one hour to come okay but every two hours or every three hours so that you're ensuring that you're not watching two, more than two episodes at a time so these are two set techniques i would recommend uh on a similar note of addictions and all uh so nowadays games in my opinion have been designed to be uh, you know to psychologically persuade us to play more and more there's always this uh, new task or a new skill bracket or an unlockable etc etc and there's just so much content to consume uh, but how do we know how much is healthy and when to stop yeah i i i have in the past um, come across some clients with gaming addiction and i think it genuinely is a very difficult problem to overcome once the obsession or the addiction has set in so i'll quickly very sort of uh, superficially touch upon these four stages that some studies mention gaming addiction develops in uh, the first stage is just initial exposure where you've just been introduced to gaming and you like it and you enjoy it and that's it the second is where you develop a slightly deeper interest तो वहाँ पे वो थोड़ा गेमिंग स्टार्ट सीकिंग अ मोर सिग्निफिकेंट रोल इन योर लाइफ आप शायद ज्यादा अब इन्वेस्ट कर रहे हो योर इन्वेस्टिंग इन हार्डवेयर सॉफ्टवेयर इन गेम्स योर इवन इन्वेस्टिंग टाइम एंड एफर्ट फॉर गेमिंग द थर्ड स्टेज इज दिस ओबसेशन विच इज स्टार्टिंग टू ग्रो एंड देयर यू मे सी दैट गेमिंग इज नाउ टेकिंग अ मोर सेंट्रल रोल इन योर लाइफ एंड मे बी योर थॉट्स आर बिकमिंग मोर सोली फोकस टूवर्ड्स गेमिंग एंड अदर एक्टिविटीज आर नाउ स्टार्टिंग टू गेट निगलेक्टेड like studies or time with your family and friends um, is now starting to get preoccupied with gaming and obviously the last stage is this full blown addiction where that gaming becomes the person's absolutely sole interest and all the free time is sort of taken up with that and the person may even notice that their dietary sleeping patterns are starting to get affected by gaming and they've stopped studying they've stopped going to school etc et so naturally keeping these stages in mind i would suggest that we want to not go from stage 1 to stage 2 right not going from letting it be a heavy healthy hobby something to just get your mind off of the normal stresses of daily life and that's about it we want to ideally stop it over there because the minute you're starting to i th- i would even say maybe investing in some games and stuff like that is okay but checking you know how much time you are spending on it and are you starting to compromise on other aspects of your life if so then it's definitely time to stop okay uh this question neither am i a gamer na hi tanisha is a gamer but uh one of her team yeah. member uh, as mentioned samruddha he was a hard hardcore gamer like he had a playing hours of around 3000 hours in probably one and a half year so he was that addict of gaming and now he is he is in a very good college he has studied he has left gaming but yeah that was his question which he yeah. personally wanted to ask uh now yeah, moving from actually a very thin line uh like between yes. when you play for pleasure and then how you get addicted to it so yeah absolutely yeah now moving from this every addiction wala thing i want to ask again something which is very personal to what i have been facing a lot recently right now we are in a age where we have a lot of uh, difference in opinions with our parents uh, and this often leads to you know communication gaps heated arguments and a lot of resentment now there i will give you an example so 
I am someone who first wants to get some work experience. I want to, you know, explore the corporate life, and then I want to, you know, pursue my higher education. But my parents think of either ways. Like they want me to first study. They want me to get a higher education degree, and they then they allow. Then they are like, "Fir tu, jitna job karna hai, utna kar le." Now I know that these of their opinions are in best intentions, but I know that they don't have enough information to, you know, give me a judgment. how do you deal in this situations and this is something which is happening with me currently like i i want to get some work experience my parents are like nahi to degree lega aur ek pehle right um i do believe that this is a very common scenario actually in many households unfortunately yeah um so first i'll start with you know what i think as a student or as somebody who is looking to go on to the next phase of your life is important for you to do I think it's very important to be well informed you know uh to be honest either you may not be very well informed or even your parents may not be well informed it can be either way so even if one party takes the effort to do the right amount of research to talk the talk to the best people uh in their vicinity that itself can also count as being well informed i know this sounds a little bit like common sense advice ki of course logo se to baat karte hi hain when we are thinking of getting into something but um it's the more people you get into and not just you know talking to people who are doing the thing that you want to do but also the other angle so in your case like you said you want to get some experience and your parents want uh you to complete your higher education yeah, yeah. so then it's important for you to talk to both sides of people people who have gone on to do their ms mba whatever and also people who have straight jumped into uh work or you know their corporate sort of journey and why i say this is because um i was also in a similar position once where i thought i wanted to do hr and i thought i wanted to pursue a masters in industrial psychology and i was fully planning to do that i i had applied to colleges abroad as well and then a few well meaning people told me that you know i think you should first talk to a bunch of people who have actually gone down this path before so i was like okay what's the harm i'll just do that and so I, when i did they told me a lot of people actually unanimously told me i should work and then i should try to study and that was completely eye opening for me i don't know if this helps you pratik this probably sounds like you know what you want to do so you don't quote me to your parents but this was my experience i actually worked in hr and i realized that that's not what i wanted to do and i wanted to switch to counseling but now i've also obviously met people who after speaking to a lot of people realize that no it actually holds a lot of value to study first and then work because it's very industry specific that sort of differentiation so I think first step is to be very well informed. And the second thing is which is a more internal sort of tactic is to remind yourself that even if things do don't go plan as as per our plan whenever we make a decision we do it thinking that that is the best alternative for us at that time. And I see this you know again sounds like a simple thing to do but it's so important because let's say you make the decision to study right uh and then or rather let's say you decide to work since that's something that you want to do and after 2 years you realize that was a big mistake i should have just done my ms or my mba instead of working you that becomes very easy then for you to be critical of yourself and so it's important to remind yourself that at that time maine jitna research kiya tha uske hisab se i should have worked and i should not have pursued higher education so basically we can't completely remove the risk or the possibility that our choices won't help us in the future the only thing which is within our control is a calm a thought out and a well researched effort 
in finding out what works best for us not the outcome only the process is sort of within our control and also i would like to say that us as human beings we always underestimate our ability to deal with challenging situations and we always overestimate or catastrophize negative outcomes so even if pata chalta hai 2 saal baad you made a mistake it's okay to still pursue a masters at that point in time you can still sort of jump back right so i would say lastly in other words that when the time comes for us to navigate bad decisions should we should not assume that we won't be able to overcome it so you know i know these decisions are big but uh, they don't have to be a full stop for progress and productivity in our life yeah like iska mujhe continuing about the conversation we were having iska mujhe bahut stress hota hai you know whenever i start mm-hmm. thinking of aage 10 saal ka mera plan it always i tend to procrastinate ki matlab aage kya karna hai fir iske baad kya karna hai because you know uh, i have seen my parents and everyone has seen their parents work so hard for uh, paying your college fees paying your other expenses you ask anything and they are they work you you really see that they are working for you and there is a sense of expectation that sets in ki yaar now my parents have have been doing so much for me i i have to prove myself and it is not matlab it is not negative but you know there is somewhere it starts building stress in yourself ki yaar if i fail to kya hoga so how do you deal in those situations right so i think a lot of us definitely you know what we want but we're sometimes unable to pursue can be a lot of different reasons also that either we don't have family support or that the thing that we want to pursue is not really socially sanctioned or widely accepted or we just don't have the confidence to pursue it but whenever i do career counseling i will always stress on three simple things as part of the you know sort of best equation to find the best sort of career choice for yourself and i think the combination of the three things should be interest aptitude and personality and basically what that means is you ideally want to choose something that is interesting for you something that aptitude means something that you're potentially good at or something that you're already good at and last but not the least what kind of a job or lifestyle you're suited for as part of your personality right and so okay. i think when we you, like you said thinking about what will happen 10 years from now can be really stressful for you but what if you were to remove the fear of mis- making a mistake the fear of rejection the fear of a loss because essentially what i'm hearing is that when we experience stress about a future outcome these thoughts and we often call them what if thoughts what we're experiencing is what if i fail what if it's a bad decision what if it's a negative outcome right and i'm seeing flip the script do the opposite ask yourself what if everything turns out great what if i'm i've got a great package what if i've got an amazing startup by the time i'm that age and why am i doing this is because on the one this when you're thinking what if negative things will happen you're only thinking from one perspective and so in order to make ourselves feel better we also owe it to ourselves to think from the opposite perspective which is the positive or the ideal sort of case scenario and so i think also uh when it comes to dealing with these things with your parents like you asked well yeah. first thing is we have to remember that they also come from their own lens they come from their own upbringing their own personality their own experiences um which basically makes them form a different opinion compared to us but 
ultimately you know if it is your life it is your choice your if you're above 18 and you're capable of making these choices uh it's important to uh, going back to my first point to do research so that you're able to sit and communicate this with your family properly what i've noticed in my work is generally when parents see that a decision is well thought out and bachche ne research kiya then they are likely to come around and they are likely to agree obviously this is not a, a full proof strategy but this will improve your uh, communication or this may even improve your sort of argument uh, against whatever it is that is happening and i also think that as i was saying you know parents come from their own perspective they also i know it's hard to imagine this but this, this is all coming from concern their concern could be about you not making enough money their concern could be you not getting enough status or their concern yeah. could even come from you not optimizing your potential so we don't want to blame or criticize them for their concern we want to try and have a dialogue with them so i think that's important career ke isme mere parents ko mere pe itna vishwas nahi hai so what i do is i negotiate with them so i have tried to find a मिड वे कुछ तो कि नहीं फिर मैं चार साल नहीं काम करूंगा मैं दो ही साल काम करता हूँ एंड आई विल साइमल्टेनियसली स्टार्ट प्रिपेयरिंग फॉर माई जी मैट दैट इज अड सोल्यूशन keep some small goals and go for them so that might also Absolutely. help like this yes that also definitely would help uh, small steps are always actually easier to control also because 10 years down the line we don't know a lot of things can change so many of us didn't know we would ever see a global pandemic in our lifetimes yeah. so anything really uh, you know can sometimes things can change and things can be predictable but smaller steps tend to be easier to control yeah If you do like this podcast, share it with your friends, follow us and rate us on Spotify and Google Podcast and stay tuned for the upcoming episodes which I guess you'll probably release in the upcoming week because we have an amazing lineup of guests planned for you guys.